We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. They need to sell Oscar, and they should just shoot Fabregas, because he's beyond done. But <laughs> bitter Arsenal fan. That actually had nothing to do with the Arsenal part. But this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to RotoWire.com/soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, EPL edition. That's right. It's a shenanigans podcast. July 1st is right around the corner. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and along with me, as usual, is Andrew Laird. It's my favorite time of the year. The uh, My anticipation is brimming, so much so that I am taking paid vacations starting July 1st. Wow, that's impressive. Just to watch 
some sort of bootleg Sky Sports feed all day. That's right. And and to travel to Los Angeles for a wedding. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair but, enough. Uh, all right. I had a very helpless feeling today, and I wonder how many times. And I'm, I'm sure you've done it at least once. Have you ever mopped the floor in such a way where you've trapped yourself? Uh, I'm sure I have. It's been a long time since I've done that, since I probably learned my lesson right away. But um, yeah, I remember you were telling me, hey, would you like to podcast now? And I'm like, oh, uh, two minutes. It's basically because I have to wait for the floor to try so I can get over to the computer because I trapped myself across the other side of the room. Did you do anything to try to like uh, accentuate the drying process? Like, did you uh, start like blowing yes, on the floor? I tried, I tried flapping my arms and I actually just levitated to the couch. Mm. You were too far away from like a dish towel to at least like use some sort of <laughs> increased blowing method. I was <laughs> <laughs> fantastic phrasing, but uh, no, I, I, I did not. I, I did not do any such any such thing. I just waited. Okay. I let nature I let nature do its thing, and I actually probably just put a footprint in the mopping. So mm. that's really that's really what happened. But uh, I had a segue for this about how there are players that are trapping themselves uh, by going to certain teams. Uh, mm. I forgot what the exact phrasing was, so I'll just make it as awkward as possible <laughs> and say Victor uh, – uh, my goodness gracious, I, I've watched Star Trek way too much recently. Victor Wanyama, not Victor, uh, he has gone from Southampton to Spurs, and I feel that he's put himself on only a it, – it's, it's an island that he doesn't want to be on because everyone loves Eric Dyer, and he's going to have to play the – he's going to probably play next to him. And the fans loved Musa Dembele, and I'm not sure if he can win those Tottenham fans over in that position. What was weird is that we've – on previous Shenanigans podcast, we talked about how Wanyama to Arsenal was like a done deal. Like he's been – he'd been very open about like wanting to go to Arsenal – and a, or, or Manchester United. Right. Uh, yeah. But it's just weird for a player. I mean, obviously he doesn't care because he didn't play for either club yet. But like it's weird for a player to mention wanting to go to Arsenal and then signing with Spurs one day. But uh, the best part yeah, of it from yeah. a Spur, from an Arsenal supporter is that going to Spurs, like, enjoy. Like I had, had no interest in having Wanyama play in a team that I supported. So good luck. So uh, my big thing about this transfer is – you know, either De- either Dyer, who's been, uh, I thought he was what tactically one of the MVPs of last season. Uh, he allowed Spurs to play a certain style that was, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it was unique, but it, it it was the most effective in terms of improvement in, ter- in one team in the Premier League. Yep. And you know, with Wanyama, either he has to play that Eric Dyer role, which he can't do, or he has to play the Musa Dembele role, which he also can't do, or he sits on the bench, which he can do. Re- yeah, it seemed like more of a of a or a depth move, but I mean, they, they didn't pay nothing for him and he would have no reason to go from Southampton to Spurs to sit on the bench. So I assume he'll line up next to uh, Dyer and then inevitably lose his, lose his job to Dembele. Although Dembele has found regular playing time hard to come by both from injuries and he seems to always be on some sort of yellow card suspension. So um, maybe they're just planning for that to continue and that'll give Wanyama enough playing time. But I mean, you can't. Well, they're not going to play all three of them. And Juan Yama is not is no slouch in terms of. <laughs> that's, <red cards. laughs> that's a great point too. So he, he's hopefully on they can to, just. He's on, he's on pace to beat Joey Barton's record by a large margin. Yeah, for Spurs's fan, you know, supporters, I'm sure they're just hoping that they can alternate their red card suspensions instead of having them come at the same time. That's right. That's totally right. All right. Um, 
I mean, what, that also like so. You know, now that we're on, uh, I, I I wanted to talk about that because of the whole trapping myself with mopping. I don't really care about Victor Wanyama as a fantasy prospect mm-hmm. because he isn't one. Um, what I do want, what I did want to talk about was, you know, with NBA free agency set to come up, you know, just the dichotomy of how free agency works and how the transfer market works. Could you imagine if? You know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic was acting like Kevin Durant and taking meetings in a certain place. Uh, I mean, is that not basically what they do? I mean, I, they obviously have agents not, to not, do it. Not, but as like, pu- not as public as this. Maybe not, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's always done through the shadow figure of the agent. It's yeah. not the player doing it. Yeah, I think the biggest difference is how much the soccer agents do it with guys who are still well under contract like we obviously soccer contracts mean nothing both from the player side and the club side I mean if a club doesn't want a guy anymore they sell him and if the player wants to leave basically he leaves but um, so the Ibrahimovic thing's a bit different because he was you know he's out of contract but it is kind of funny how these guys are fully under contract for another four or five years and they're like I'm I want to play for somebody else and you know that that's pretty much all you need to say and you're gone so uh, yeah, it'd be nice if they had these meetings openly when they were still under contract. That would be a lot more fun, I think. Yeah, and there's no tampering rules. Basically or they, not, or, yeah. Yeah, because you know, you, there, there are so many other people that can talk about it. Or, you know, if Neymar decided to hold meetings about what, you know, that he's unhappy. Like, like, like can you imagine, like, when a player is unhappy, uh, like the I'm unhappy meetings of, yeah. with other teams? You know, just, just just so he can bargain a bigger contract, you know, each season. Yeah, that's uh, that's a kind of th- the thing that I think a lot of people misunderstand is like uh, when guys, you know, talk about possibly leaving and then they sign new deals and they're like, oh, he's staying. And it's like, nope, he's just helping his club get his current club get a little more money. So they let him go when it's time. And like we saw that with Fabian Delph last year, you know, signed that. A new Aston Villa contract, and was it like a matter of weeks that he was gone? Right, it wasn't even the the, the next window. Well, look at what's going on with Al, um, Alvaro Morata. They bought him back to buy, to sell him again. Yeah, I th- that was a little bit of a different situation, I think, because I mean that's just good business. They had to buy him back, or they lost him forever for the, for the twenty million euros, and they're obviously going to get much more than that if they sell him now. So um, that one, I think, doesn't quite apply, but. Um, like anybody who thinks that Jamie Vardy is like locked in for the next five years is crazy. Like he could easily leave now. He could easily leave in January. It's just, you know, his relatively cheap buyout clause is now a little higher. Totally fair. That's totally fair. And let's talk about Jamie Vardy. I mean, he decides to stay at at Leicester when it looks like at least one of his teammates is is on his way out in N'Golo Kante. Both Arsenal and Chelsea are circling. Real Madrid too, apparently. And Real Madrid after that, after the France performances. Oh my God, the Fr- the French team. They they're two players that have played so well, and they both are in the Premier League currently. And that's Conte and Payet, and yeah. both of their club teams, Leicester and West Ham, respectively, are going to face real tough times keeping them now. Yeah, it's one of those that like they they're going to get a huge chunk of money for it, but they're like significantly hurt if they lose them. Um, I mean, obviously, Leicester has a few other players, but like West Ham, that's a considerable drop losing Payet. Um, they don't have anybody who can even sniff half the production that he's able to produce. 
just all over the field. And so, you know, with I feel like with Conte, it's kind of a bit replaceable um, because you can kind of make up for guys who can control the middle of the park. I mean, obviously it's not a, an easy job to do, but um, you're not going to find many guys in the world who do what Dimitri Payet does. Yeah. Uh, yes. And furthermore, what's interesting now, well, I mean, the market has stabilized a little, but even with the new TV contract and West Ham specifically getting a, a new stadium, with the whole Brexit concern, you know, there are a few articles about how it affects the Premier League and, it, you know, it could be, you know, work permits in the go, going forward in the future. And there's a lot of articles saying these are the players that, you know, would not have been able to play in the Premier League. And it was a really long list. Uh, and also, you know, if the currency keeps dropping and it's stabilized today, at least it actually had a little bit of a rebound. But if the, I mean, the currency was at a 31 year low yeah. in terms of its power. And that's something that England counts on when it goes into the transfer market. And I'm wondering with the market set to open in a couple of days with the pound at its lowest value, does that slow teams down? Uh, I was talking to somebody kind of back and forth on Twitter about it. I think it it doesn't necessarily affect the upper tier players uh, because I think the, the big clubs uh, get enough from – they make enough that they can – kind of weather the storm of the pound moving but it's those mid to lower tier ones that they're not going to be able to to compete with um with you know i was i would say like the one yama kind of level guys that aren't the superstars but um you know if they can possibly get some more money from you know in germany or italy then there's no reason for them to to think that coming to england is going to make a humongous difference financially and but you have to think that these Premier League clubs are big enough internationally that they're not making every single, um, you know, not all of their revenue is in pounds. Um, so even that, there's got to be some sort of currency hedge that they have uh, in order to, you know, to make themselves not as, as exposed to a single currency. So uh, I think it's it's a bit overplayed in terms of... Uh, you know, I think it might be all of us trying to sound a little smarter than we are. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> all right, let's get to what I actually do know about, and that is uh, some confirmed transfers here. Let's start with your arsenal because they made a move for Granit Xhaka. Mm. Uh, he of the second most completed passes while he was still in the tournament, and I th- believe he was one of the most attempted passes too, and his completion percentage was very good. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, he ended like how Arsenal tends to end their season, uh, just terribly with his missed penalty. Mm. But you have to be excited, right, what that's going to do in terms of opening up both. You know, he, he provides some steel in the middle of the park, and he can also pick out a pass, something Coquelin can't do, for example. Yeah, I think he's... He- He'll take that spot right away. I think what'll be interesting is if they can try to play him and uh, Mohamed El Neni together because El Neni played well enough that Coquelin barely sniffed the field at the end of the season, and I think his his playing time during the Premier League is over. Um, so it's just a matter of whether they play kind of that double pivot that you and I have been um, clamoring for more clubs to do or some clubs to do, but the. The difficulty is they're still kind of packed in the midfield. They've got uh, Santi Cazorla, who's going to come back from injury. They've got uh, Jack Wilshire, who's, uh, you know, will be back for a few weeks before he gets hurt. Uh, Aaron Ramsey's having a great Euros. And 
Um, you know, there's talk that other clubs are interested in him, and frankly, now would be the time to sell him because they they just have way more midfielders than than they have spots for, and that doesn't even count the fact that they still have Theo Walcott around, and uh, they got to figure out what to do with Olivier Giroud and Danny Welbeck, and um, I know they another a, a true center forward would still be nice, but uh, they're not going to end up with Murata despite a few different rumors being out there and. Ibrahimovic is obviously going to Man U, so uh, classic Arsenal of they'll they need a you know maybe some a center back and a central forward and they come come out with a box to box midfielder and nothing else. Well, they've needed the box to box midfielder, so that's not, I mean that's not a secret. Uh, so I think that's, that's a, I think that's a good. I mean we've been clamoring for that for them for years. Yeah. You know, Coquelin, remember, was a godsend when they when he was discovered. Mm-hmm. You know, as someone who can actually play in that pivot role. Uh, it's it's something that Arsenal I think desperately did need, and I think the I think it opens up their attacking midfielders because they were asked to track back so often because they couldn't get the ball back. Yeah. So other teams were able to actually successfully break on them. Chelsea being the primary team to do that successfully, to be to be fair. But I think Shaka really does help in that regard, and it, it can help multi-tiered as well. So if you open up your attacking midfielders, they can provide better service, and that means Olivier Giroud can maybe score a couple of goals. Uh, it can really, I think, it can trickle up the park. That's the way that I'll put it. Okay, but they but they still need a center back. Yes, I mean, Per Matersacker is a he, he he plays like a statue. Yeah, I think he's not. I'm not sure he's going to be starting. Um, and and Gabriel and Gabriel is he's okay. I mean, he has to still get accustomed to the Premier League. I'm not sure how how much patience they'll have with that process, though. Uh, the The problem is is that he's a little too. Uh, I don't want to say it's aggressive. He's a little too sloppy, and so he is just a a red card waiting to happen. And not not so much, you know. Although he did it with Diego Costa, so maybe he is because of that, but. Um, he's just a classic like foul in the box or, you know, some sort of kick to the face that kills any sort of possibility of a win after 12 minutes. So, I mean, there's that. When I look at the French team as well, with because of Koscielny, I'm thinking of this. You know, Koscielny and uh, Adil Rami, who's very highly regarded, but he was, you know, just like as you described, he's a little sloppy, he's a little overly aggressive. And Koscielny doesn't play well with that kind of defender. Uh, just as evident by the French national team thus far. Yep, totally agree. Um, I mean, he, he's I think he's excellent in his own right, but uh, he, he needs a certain kind of player next to him, and it's not Gabriel and it's not Mertesacker either. So, um, But I don't see Arsenal really making a, a push for somebody legitimate, so they'll go with that rotation. Mm. Someone who did make a push for a center back was Manchester United, signing 22-year-old Eric Bailey for a very high fee, 38 million euros. Um, yeah. They're continuing the trend, though, of building through youth, something that I've said that Chelsea have done. They just need to actually play that youth. <laughs> but uh, you, you see, you saw it with Martial paying heavily for Martial. That actually, I believe, is going to work. Uh, Bailey is of that same ilk. They, they believe in him very strongly, that he's going to develop into a cornerstone center back of the future. I don't think anybody really was questioning the uh, the Martial purchase. I think it was the price that... Yeah. People were so thrown off at, but yeah, it, it the, the the problem is that they're buying youth, and the youth that they bring up. I mean, I guess they have they've had a few guys kind of come in, but um, 
you know, we have no idea how Marcus Rashford's going to do over a full season. Well, Lingard isn't isn't exactly the most uh, supposed to Mensa. Yeah, well, I, these are a bunch of guys who have gotten opportunities because of injuries. I mean, th- these guys didn't like fight their way into the first team. They were just absolutely riddled with injuries, and so they had to play guys like that. Borthwick Jackson, or is that what it was? Jackson. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's well, not getting. Was, yeah, I always thought his name was Chadwick, but it's actually right. Right. I mean, th- those guys are not getting playing time if uh, you know Darmian and Rojo and Phil Jones are are fit. So. I don't want to say that like United should get credit for this youth movement. It's that they they should get punished for how horrible their physios were, or just dumb luck. But I, I don't want to give too much credit where where I don't think it's it's deserved. But but it was a nice purchase for them to go with a young center back. I mean, those don't come often. So and yeah, and, and it's one of those things where. Just like in, you know, when we when we talk about like the NFL draft, you know, if you see a guy that you like, who cares where other people have valued him? If you think he has that round talent, then you take him. You swing big. Yeah, you, know, you have to do the job fearlessly. You have to believe in your your scouting and your eyes. Uh, I agree with that to a certain extent, but this was picking a third round guy, third overall, with Martial at least, in terms of price. I go, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if I would go that far. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I understand what you're saying because you know, there are people in, the, in all like the North American drafts. People will draft on potential all the time. That's what. That's exactly what they're doing. Right. All right. So now a couple of now now that we've gotten the the less meaningful uh, um, FPL transfers out of the way, I do want to get to the actual meaningful ones. Uh, so the first one that you and I said that it both made a lot, it made a lot of sense uh, was Sadio Mane going from Southampton to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, we I'm in the middle. Actually, I think we finished it finally today. We I did was in a slow draft on Taga, and I grabbed Mane in the fifth round when he was still a Southampton player, and I was trying to think of where he would go uh, after. Like I, the pick was before this transfer. And there had been talk about Manchester United, but he just didn't seem like a Mourinho player. So as soon as that deal happened, Mane was looking for a new club. But um, it was a 12-team league, and I think you could make the case that Mane could be like a third-round pick. You know, I think he he becomes like a top 15 midfielder because of what of how Liverpool plays. Yeah, and I was telling you that if they if they do the four, two, three, one, he would have to play on the outside in the front attacking three, which means he has the, he has the task to track back when the fullback gets forward, which is what, you know, let's be honest, they love to do, especially yeah. if he's on the left-hand side and Alberto Moreno's side yeah. that, you know, Moreno's going to want to get up and he's not to go back. Um, my fear with this transfer is the production you're going to have to get from him comes within the first 70 minutes. Cause he'll be the first one subbed off. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicky. That's why he's not. I, I wouldn't spend a third round pick on him for that reason. Uh, it's nitpicky. It's something that you know. I feel like there would be safer picks. Uh, but again, if you feel like that's your guy, that's your guy. <laughs> and, uh, I, 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 I'm always wrong. So I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive how often I'm wrong. So uh, I think. For his sake, I, I hope I am. I think if you last year. But like, who are five guys that you would love to see play in Klopp's system? He would be on that list. 
Oh yeah. Oh, I, so I, 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 going forward, going forward, I think it, it's a slam dunk. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 how well he plays with uh, Daniel Sturridge, who also likes to float outside, that could really bother Mane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, there's a couple of potential stumbling blocks, but really, I'm nitpicking. Yeah. I think it makes all the sense in the world going forward. I think uh, Klopp has had this kind of system before, and he's made it work. And who and he is much smarter than I am. So I, I think kudos to him for getting Sadio Mane. Yeah, totally agree. Can we talk about That's the guy replacing him? <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the guy replacing <laughs> him. So go nuts. Uh, so Nathan Redman, who um, I believe you said last year that you would start him every time he started. Um, and I did for most right. leagues. Uh, he came in at like a, uh, I think it was about a third of the price as Mane uh, from Norwich, who uh, went down to the championship. So it seems that there should be playing time for Redmond at Southampton. Uh, they still don't have a manager, which, uh, you know, obviously complicates it slightly. So we don't really know how they're going to play. But I can't, I can't picture them buying a player like Redmond, who kind of feels like the kind of player who would have come up through their academy anyway. Uh, like, if you put in the names of the guys who, you know, the young players who played like through Southampton. You think he's like Theo Walcott, don't you? Well, like Walcott, or just thinking of guys like uh, Lalana or... Um, Gareth Bale. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just like Gareth Bale. That's right. Um, but I just feel like he, he fits that mold. Uh, and so, hopefully, they just get a, a manager that um, can use him enough that, that he can produce. I mean, he's only 22, so... Uh, it's not like we've seen his peak uh, at all. I'm no, so. yeah, I'm no stranger to his game. I follow, I, I was watching intently uh, as he started the season off very hot. Yeah. He, he was great at the beginning of the season. And then come Halloween, he scored only one more goal and one more assist. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, and you were saying that it was about playing time. And, and, you know, he got similar playing time to a lot of very high name players. Some of them due to injury, but others not. Yeah. So it's, I you know I think our eyes kind of deceived us last year in the second half of the season just because we saw him not start on a team that was terrible. Yeah. A couple of times that made us seem like oh he's not getting enough minutes and I'm not sure if that's true. Um, he may have just not been good enough last season. Which, Maybe. Yeah, it may it may have been the case. Now the only problem with Nathan Redmond is he plays the same position as Dusan Tadic on the right hand side. Yeah, I kind of wonder if either Tadic stays or they try to move him inside. Because he's definitely enough of a creator to justify playing in like the number ten role, and I don't think somebody like James, James Ward Prowse, yeah, he's not going to take that spot. So JWP, he'd probably move back right to a, that's a midfield, right? With a classy or yeah, probably Romantic. classy. Yeah, uh, it, it's. I think Southampton will be fine. Uh, I, I mean, they're not. They're definitely not going to be in my short list of teams that would be rele- you know, could be relegated. So I think they'll oh, be no, fine. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they have, they have more than enough talent. Uh, I'm wondering what Graziano Pelle does yeah. after he had such a great Euros. Yeah. My fear is he goes to Chelsea. Oh gosh. That's my fear. It should that, be. It that, should that, be. That, Con- that Conte wants to bring him over. That would but, be great for everybody else. I think would. Uh, but <laughs> Who knows? Uh, the, the Chelsea situation that we'll get into a little bit later, just they're rumored to be going after all sorts of people, and <laughs> they're loaning, and they're loaning, but they're loaning out all their young players. It's Mourinho system all over again. They've learned nothing, so it's very frustrating to watch. Um, but 
I, I don't want to get Bamford that sent out yet. He wasn't right. Uh, he, I think yeah, it's only a matter of time before he goes to Middlesbrough. Okay. Where he did really well. Yeah. And, and so and same with Thomas Callas as well, who, who's also been playing there. But yeah. we'll see. Well, I, I keep saying we'll see. Nathan Ake has already been loaned out to. Uh, to Burnmouth, which makes yeah. no sense at all. The one position that Burnmouth has an excessive amount of people is at their fullbacks. Yeah, it is kind of that was a weird spot. But like you said, if they're going to try to groom counting, him to be a center back, counting, and, yeah, and I'm not even counting Mings, who's coming back from a season-long yeah. injury last season. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Chelsea makes me sad. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan, one of the first sub, uh, one of the first subs, one of the first transfers of the season that was announced for Manchester City, Pep's remake. Uh, him and Leroy Sané going to Manchester City, uh, part of that reformation project. It just means to me that Jesus Navas is no longer going to start. Thank goodness. Yeah. And uh, Samir Nasri is probably going to leave as well. Uh, possibly Yaya Torre. I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of big name players. Vasson Company may not have a role going forward. Um, he has. Uh, he may even retire. He has chronic calf problems at this point. Um, good announcer though for the Euros. Yeah, Euro he was Cup. pretty good. Much better than Michael Ballack. I'll say that. Hmm. Sane hasn't isn't uh, official yet, so there that one's not. That one hasn't happened yet, but it sounds like they're going to go in on Nolito also, which seems weird to me that if you're going to buy a Spanish striker, you'd get him instead of Morata. But well, he's not really a striker. He's more of a. Player. That's true. That's true. Uh, the player that I'm surprised that they wouldn't go after, if, if you're speaking of that kind of a winger from La Liga, would be Nico Gaetan, who went to Atletico Madrid. Yeah, that was a great move. That was, that was such a classic Atletico move, too. Oh. Yeah, Nico Gaetan was the, the move that I was very surprised that yeah. every other team let just let that happen. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's almost one of those like fantasy trades that happen. You're like, wait, what? And you're like, if had, a, had I known whoever, you know, whoever got traded was available, I would have offered so much more. Yeah, like Ladarius Green. Good job, Chargers. Anyway, uh, more and more of my favorite teams is ca- causing me constant pain. Uh, it's it's interesting, and these are just the completed signings that we've seen. This and it's already you know led to some interesting domino effects. Um, Ronald Koeman, uh, sorry, not Ronald Koeman. Jurgen Klopp also brought in Joel Matip, who is yeah. a very quick center back. Uh, so he, I, I'm wondering if he's thinking about moving to three at the back. Uh, well, I think Skrtel's gone. And he is officially gone. I think Fenerbahce signed today. I saw that it was close. Uh, and Torre's gone, so it would be Lovren and um, Matip, right? So yeah, that would uh, be that would be the starting two if they were going to go to two. But Matip is. <sighs> Uh, he'd have to develop a little more to me if he's going to be one of the two center backs. That's fair. I think he needs a little more craft, especially for this league, because I don't think he's strong enough. Mm -hmm. He's very quick, but I don't think he's strong enough. Yeah, that's not always what you need in the Premier League. Correct, 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 correct. Um, Is there a move, I mean, besides for Nico Gaetan that you've seen so far, just for any team, doesn't necessarily have to be Premier League, that has just blown you away. You know, wh- why haven't other teams, wh- wh- like, how did this happen, basically? Uh, well, the one that we were talking about before this podcast was a guy that you had mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, the last time we did this pod. It was, felt like a year ago. It was uh, Brio Lambolo that going from Basel to uh, Schalke. And uh, that seemed like, I mean, 
the the Martial comparisons in terms of age and and what people are expecting. It was surprised that he uh, didn't end up at you know one of the one of the bigger Premier League clubs because um, you know Martial certainly looks like he could be a big success and uh, you could have gotten Mbolo for significantly less. Um, obviously, he he hasn't been quite as tested. Uh, I think you know playing for Basel. I mean, they did they were a Champions League team. But Martial from had a little more playing time at Monaco, which you'd argue is a a, a, a better place to develop when you're 18. But um, I'm surprised that Mbolo ended up in in Schalke and not uh, somewhere like Arsenal, to be honest. It's surprising to me. Uh, it's just it's surprising to me that he didn't wind up in a place like Atletico. To be fair to me, like you know, a place that. It like takes young players in and develops them well. Yeah, yeah, I could, I guess. Uh, I think what's what's going to change everything is whenever the decision is made on on Alvaro Morata, because uh, there are a number of teams that want him, and if he's staying, then there'll be plenty of teams lining up for Kareem Benzema. So, um, I mean, those are are very big difference makers, and. I think Morata wants to go back to Juve, but uh, I'm guessing that they have no interest in spending, you know, 40 million euros for a player they just sold for, for 30 million. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I think that's the biggest domino in terms of uh, attacking players, for the bigger clubs at least. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly up there to me. Um, I also love the the transfer to Watford of Isaac's success. Yeah, you do. Because I love his name. <laughs> Uh, I just, I hope I, I, I hope I get to see that name on a uh, on a DraftKings score sheet because he actually plays, but I'm not sure if that's actually true. Um, that's just that's just something I'm hopeful for. And uh, basically, another uh, you know Tommy Elfink uh, from Birdmouth, he went to Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I think that's another you know just to kind of foreshadow. We we talked about it before, but Nathan Ake might be coming in for him. Right, as a center back prospect, yeah. Which, in the grand scheme of things, if Chelsea can actually get that developed, that'd be great. But the the attacker that I was thought was so surprising was uh, Stefan Alcherari going to Roma for only thirteen million euros. Yeah, well, he, um, I mean, he was there last year, obviously, and uh, on loan. I'm, I don't, I don't know if he they had like an option to buy, but it was a a, a fairly small uh, transfer fee, and I mean, he. he he played really well for Roma, and they obviously wanted him, you know, wanted him back. So, uh, yeah, that was a that was a a pretty solid move. Well, they they loaned him out to Milan last. Or, or, it was the other way around. Milan. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so yeah, I mean, they were very open about wanting him to come back. So, um, you know, thirteen million is pretty good. I mean, thirteen million. Uh, it was euros, right? Yes. Like Nolito is going to Man City for thirteen million pounds, which sounded more impressive a week ago but <laughs> um yeah i mean the there's plenty of value to be had in in guys like that um what do you think about ibrahimovic yeah we should we should probably talk about that yeah uh so in your slow with in your slow draft you were describing before um you were it was that the same draft where he went first overall he went first overall i think that's categorically insane <laughs> uh i i agree with that um and i love Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So, uh, I, you know, if he if he went to Chelsea, I would have gotten his jersey the day after. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The, uh, in fact, I think Manchester United, 
well, Spur- he was never going to go to Spurs, but I think Manchester United was probably the only club I would not buy his jersey for, and that's what that's part of the reason why I was so upset that he went there. But um, the it's a Taga draft, so like chances created is are like the the heart of Taga scoring. Um, just like crosses are or used to be as dominant in DraftKings, like you got you need guys who create chances in Taga, and going with Ibrahimovic who doesn't. I mean, he would have to score like 40 goals to make up for the chances he doesn't create. Um, so, you know, it's a little crazy that he went first, yes. But, I mean, he absolutely could win the Golden Boot in his first year in the Premier League. I mean, how many guys can you say that about? Four? When was the last time he played a holiday schedule that the Premier League does? Uh, I don't know. But even... The, I mean, the answer I, is never. I think he could, I think he could hit 30 goals playing you know 30 games let's you think that's crazy let's let's remember uh, there's a couple of things that i think people need to keep in mind when people transfer into the premier league one it's the strongest league top to bottom there there are very few minnows in the premier league secondly the schedule that the top teams have to play is brutal um, uh, especially if they played, especially if like Zlatan did, he played over the summer as well. He'll get a little bit of a break because Sweden didn't go very far. Mm-hmm. But when you get into the preseason tournaments and then you start with the Premier League and there's the League Cup, which he may or may not feature in, uh, and then there's the, I think they have to qualify yes. for the Champions League, yes. right? Yes. So they have to do that early in the season, and then they have to go through the Champions League season. Then they also have the FA Cup. And you combine all of these things. I'm sure he'll t- get a lot of FA Cup run. Well, <laughs> if you're saying that he only plays in the Premier League and the Champions League, that's his only schedule, it's still not that easy. I don't say it's easy. And then, but then later in the season, when they're actually, if they've advanced far into any of those tournaments, they're going to want them to play in those tournaments. Yep. You know, when it comes down to when the brat, when the you know, you know, come down to brass tacks, it's it, it's a schedule that's very hard, especially because he's been playing in a league the past few seasons where he's had maybe one real opponent in the league, maybe. Yeah, he no, that's fair. That. He will not get that, and also the Premier League is very physically demanding. The refs let more things go in the Premier League than most other leagues. Yeah, I I get all of that, and I think that all of that uh, applies to 99.9% of players, and I don't think it applies to Ibrahimovic. Over under 17 goals. Over. I think he hits 20. That's very ambitious. I agree. But we're not, I mean, we're not talking about Nolito here. You're talking about a 33, what's he going to be, 33? 39 for all, we, for all I know. No. <laughs> Report, he's reportedly, uh, he's reportedly, he's in his 30s for sure. Yes. It's basically, um, yeah, I believe he's 34 going on 35. I thought he was, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. he's 34. He's 34 going on 35. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So in October, he'll turn 35. And it's not easy. It's just not easy, especially after coming from the league on, which is just, it doesn't have the talent. I think you're grossly overestimating what that does. And the fact that he won't get the calls he's used to getting. No, I, I get that. Um, but if you just do a standard conversion of like, he scored 38 league goals last year. Yeah, he's obviously and, and, not going to okay, reach that in the okay, Premier League. On, but if he gets to half, he's almost he's 
at 19. Okay, hold on. He also had the likes of Lavezzi, who didn't even really start, Di Maria, Lucas Mora, uh, Edison Cavani, uh, all giving him service or drawing defenders away. Who's doing that at Manchester United? That supporting cast is not even close. Um, I that horrible supporting cast finished fourth in the in the Premier League last year. Like I, I think it's by 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 scoring one goal a game and make and and David de Gea doing out otherworldly yeah. things. Yeah, I think I think they'll all be lifted because of him. But you're right. I'm not sure who's passing it. We know it's not going to be Juan Mata. And he can't do it, and, and he doesn't have the dynamism to do it by himself anymore. He just doesn't. Oh, I get that. He can do yeah. it. Uh, he can do it in spurts, but he can't do it consistently. Um, and I love yeah. Zlatan. I think he's the best personality, the most genuine, authentic personality in any sport in a long time. Mm-hmm. He is not afraid to say what he thinks, whether it's patently ridiculous or whether it's actually sometimes pretty brilliant, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, basically, he he can paint such a nice verbal picture. Uh, you know, basically, he would stay in PSG if they uh, knocked down the Eiffel Tower and built an, uh, a monument to him instead. That was so great. Um, how do you think they line up? Again, it's it's another interesting question because Zlatan needs service, and and oh, it's Jose Mourinho four two three one. Um, right. So who are the, well? I, is the three Martial and Memphis? And Again, Ibrahim? your guess your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I mean, we we one thing was for sure: John Mata will not be there. Yes. So it, I hope I hope Memphis gets a run. A lot of people do. Yeah, I mean, but what what about Marcus Rashford? Uh, I think I think Rashford will be an FA Cup All Star. Oh, I don't think he's going to play. What a waste I don't think he's going to play. Time. What a waste of development time. Then they should loan him. I I agree. If, oof, that's gonna Are you really going to play him over Martial? It's going to be a tough sell, is my point. He, he's not great on the wing either. So that's my point. You're, you're basically saying, am I going to start Marcus Rashford over Zlatan Ibrahimovic? You have a bunch of bit pieces there. And I think Zlatan only complicates that. I don't think it's a great fit, to be fair. Hmm. And that could be me, the bitter Chelsea fan, talking about well, how I wanted Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That's fair. I, I can take that criticism. But I honestly don't think it's a decent fit. I think it complicates the chemistry that was starting to starting to bubble, at least, last season. I think it totally disrupts that plan. Whatever plan was, you know, you know, that was set forth last season, gone. Um. Jose Marie and I, I Jose think that's Marie. okay. I think most people want that plan gone. Ugh, but you saw the young talent gelling together. That's how Manchester United built that first dynasty. They had that, you know, the, the, the class of '93. I think the boys in '93, right? Gig, Skulls, yeah. all them. You know, that that's I mean that's kind of the way you build these kind these kind of dynasties. Look at Barcelona, for example, coming through their system, La Mastia, uh, La Mastia, or, or I forgot what it's called. But you know that that's. It's you know for a club that doesn't do what other clubs do in terms of buying all these really high priced players, and Zlatan didn't cost them anything in a transfer fee. It's just a really high wage. Yeah. Um. It, it seems like it, it seems like the club is either pivoting or off kilter. Um, I think you you're just Mourinho bitter. 
Fair. I, <laughs> totally. It's certainly a possibility. All right, let's talk about – we need to talk about Chelsea now because they're rumored for everybody. And um, the one that had the most – at least the most speed uh, today being Wednesday, the 29th of June, um, Michi Batshuayi, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chelsea coming in at the last second outbidding Crystal Palace for the Belgian – for the young Belgian striker. It doesn't sound um, like it was so much it. a last minute as a he had no interest in going to Crystal Palace. Well, his fa- his agent or his father said that he'll only play for Champions League football, and then they're rumored with Chelsea. <laughs> uh, Sky so Sports that's... is breaking news that he passed his Chelsea medical. So, I I and uh, I think it was Shaka Hislop that broke this down. You know, between him and Lukaku, uh, Lukaku is tried and true in the Premier League, but costs you know a hundred percent more, or fifty to a hundred percent more than Batshuayi, and is only uh, a you know, and, batch, and and they're within a year of each other in terms of age. So mm-hmm. uh, they went for the more fiscally prudent option. Yes. But are they done? Are they going to get Morata as well? Oh, God, I hope not. Um, because because uh, the one thing we learned about Conte is he wants two up front. Yeah. You don't. So is it and a done deal that Atletico is buying Diego Costa? Because I don't think anybody else would buy him. At least not not in England. I think I think Italian clubs would buy him for sure. Um, Inter Inter has all this new money coming in. Yeah, but he I mean he's another. He wants to play in the Champions League. Fair. Uh, Atletico Chelsea doesn't do that, but you know, Atletico makes the most sense. Yeah. And then the second player I want it makes to the talk, only sense though. Really, I mean, makes the most sense. I'm not sure if it makes the only sense. Juventus would make sense too. Um, I'm not sure that makes sense at all. Why not? Like yeah, this, this is a Premier League podcast. I don't want to get too far into it, but okay. But no, a brief, a brief synopsis. Why? Why don't you think so? Well, just based on the players that they had success with last season, it was basically Morata and DiBala. I mean, Mandzukic was was a terrible fit, and Costa seems to play more like that than he does DiBala or Morata. So, um, when you have two guys that that work and you're bringing in a guy you're you're losing one guy that worked and bringing in a guy who is just like the guy that didn't work okay yeah that makes sense all right but let's go uh i mean with with chelsea they also were interested in antonio candrevo who's played phenomenal yeah uh and inter is also interested uh that that i think i think that would be that would be that would signal the end of juan cuadrado if they get candrevo uh, or Pedro, I, or Pedro, one of the two. You, who would you prefer to have between Pedro and Quadrado? Quadrado, and it, in our draft with Taga, the one that we did together, I think I stated my opinion there yes. by drafting him th- in the third round of an eight-team draft. Yeah, um, I agree with you, uh, but they they've got way too much going on in that midfield, and so. They need to sell Oscar, and they should just shoot Fabregas because he's beyond done. But <laughs> bitter Arsenal fan. That actually had nothing to do with the Arsenal part, but like <laughs> just bring him out to pasture. But he, they, the number of guys that they're going to bring back, meaning Quadrado. I assume they'll loan Salah back out because he, I, they told, I didn't think that was a sale. 
I thought I was pretty sure that was a that was still a loan. But anyway, um, you you're bringing in enough guys where your beloved youth will get no shot. Like you want Kendrava, you want Salah back. They've loaned out Lewis Baker. They've loaned out Nathan Ake. Well, let's talk about the guys who were there. Uh, uh, Triore, Loftus-Cheek, Kennedy. These guys are not going to play at all if you bring in these other ones. Uh, they got to get know, rid of Maddich. I'm, I'm with I'm 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 with you, and I'm I'm on your side there. I think you are correct. I just don't think that's the right that's the direction they're going to go. Okay, I agree. All indications are that is not the direction they are looking to take. At least not in year one of the Conte project. Yeah, is Pato he, is he officially back in Brazil? I don't care. <laughs> he was alone anyway. That's what and, I mean. Is he back in? Uh, he. he for all, for all I know, he never left. That was so weird. That was weirder than Falcao, <laughs> which is saying something. I actually thought Falcao was going to work. <laughs> that was yeah. one of my worst calls of, of the season. Mm-hmm. Was that worse than the Bamford one? Or are you just going to continue to blame Pardew for that one? I. I... <sighs> Who are the three center backs next year? Uh, Ivanovic, Cahill, Zuma would be the obvious trio. You don't think uh, they're going to... Pazuma won't be healthy. Who were they talking about getting? Chiellini or Bonucci? They were talking about Bonucci. Bonucci. I don't think that'll I don't think that'll happen. The, I think they were also going after Napoli's uh, Caliboli. Um, okay. uh, that, that, that's, that, that's another one they were talking about. I, nothing has gone through. I'm actively rooting against Italy. I just want Conte to actually be at the club <laughs> and actually see the players that he's that he has that that are being bought and sold. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a, I really, it's hard for me to root for Spain cause I just don't like them, but I was rooting for them really hard against Italy just because I wanted these. I wanted my manager at Chelsea. Hmm. I didn't understand. We talked about this off the pot. I, I just didn't understand at all why Spain was favored in that match. Yeah. Well, let's transition to the Euros. We, I mean, we have the we, we continue with the quarterfinals and going forward. Um, my pick of Germany versus Belgium, I think, is it look it's it looks so rock solid right now that <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah, the I'm like like angry that Germany and Italy are playing now because um, that should be a bigger stage. But the it's it's still unclear who the best team is, which is weird when you get this far. Um, like every team that you would think uh, should be good has, has had moments where they're really, I don't want to say awful, but like Belgium looked terrible in their opening match against Italy. That turned out to be more because people were under underrating Italy, but like Germany has hasn't looked that dominant. They look much better with Mario Gomez up front. Um, France has, you know, defensively, it's, and that's kind of where we all thought that they were going to struggle. Uh, they have, and uh, Belgium look great now. So they're obviously peaking at the right time. But they also are play, basically playing three center backs, except they're playing one as a fullback. At one point, they were playing all, all four center backs. Right, right, and they quickly changed that out, but. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's weird, and Poland I think look really good, um, defensively at least. If they if Lewandowski can get Armin going, Duke Milic. yeah, they they've got some players that 
I think could surprise if they beat Portugal and then. Uh, well, everyone was saying that about Croatia, and then look what happened to them. They were close, though. At least, wasn't that 120? Or no, that was in 90, penalties. wasn't it? It was penalties, right? Against Portugal, or was it not? Penalties. Think, oh. oh, sorry, no, yeah, they lost. Was... The, no, they lost it with Croatia at the like the 118th minute. Right. Right. <sighs> but like, Portugal, I'm looking at and, and Portugal are such frauds. Totally. Totally, they they are such frauds, but somehow manage a victory. It's like the it's like how the Italians seem to win, but they do it even uglier and with less skill outside of Cristiano. Um, yeah, they're not as tactically sound. They're not as good defensively. I don't they, know how they ever win. They have one really amazing offensive player, right? Unlike Italy, who has zero great offensive yeah. players, and they still seem to win one nothing. Uh, yeah, uh, I, do you Everything think people hate about soccer, by the way, to- oh, totally, totally. I, I don't think they're going to have that much trouble with, with Portugal who's, who's favored in that game against Poland, but Poland, Belgium could be really fun. There will be goals. Well, I don't know. Poland, I don't, Poland's given up one goal this entire tournament. Yeah. But Belgium is getting stronger. Yeah. Yeah. That one will be fun. And then what France against either. Um, and and two players remember I, I mentioned this at the at the pod last actually in January Krakowiak and Glick who both uh, Krakowiak played in La Liga and Glick played in or plays in excuse me uh, Glick plays in Syria I believe for Torino mm-hmm. and both of them I think certainly could be had if uh, if any team wants them and they've been playing. Phenomenally well. Yeah, they really have. Krakowiak as the captain, uh, taking that final penalty uh, for their victory and just slamming it in the upper left hand corner. It was mm-hmm. he's a defensive midfielder. Yeah. So, um, just those are the two players that I think could make themselves a lot of money this summer. Yeah, and he's a big reason why they. Has he been there for all three of their Euro, uh, Europa titles, or is it two two Europa titles? Sevillas. That's where he is, right? Yes. Like so, uh, is yeah. Sevilla or is he, yeah, Sevilla. Yeah, which you'll probably call Valencia before the podcast yeah, is over. Yeah, there, there's another one I get confused with too, Villarreal or something like that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're always that. They're always there at the end, and I never get them right. And it's because of the Europa League. And the only the only year I cared about it was when Chelsea was in it. <laughs> and they couldn't even do that this year. Um, who do you think? Do that's, you think a, that's a gift. Do you think there's another big name that we see move that we haven't discussed yet? Would you consider Diego Costa a big name? Uh, I would consider that surprising if he doesn't go to Atletico. So, no. Would you consider Juan Mata a big name? Uh, no. Would you consider Yaya Torre a big name? I guess. Would I you mean, consider Diego Walt not a big name? Would it, you consider it's all of those that, like, if... Hamas um, Rodriguez. Hamas is... the is. I really He's not really going to Man U. Please, oh, don't let that happen. I, I, to answer your question, yes, I do. Okay. It just depends on what your definition of big name is. I, 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 mean, I would put Hamas on another level versus John Mata and Yaya Torre. Okay. You didn't yeah. mention uh, Nangolan for... The, all Chelsea. indications are that he's staying. Yeah. Chelsea have made three bids, all rejected. Yeah. I have a friend who's a big Roma fan, and that one cru- was going to crush him because Pajanic, Pionic already left. Pajanic. Yeah, Pjanic went to Juventus, Juventus with Danny Alves, and they haven't even they haven't even 
seen a midfield with him and Strutman playing. Yeah. I think Strutman's going to be one of those that he's never the same. Two devastating injuries. Yeah, that's that was a bummer. I remember we were big fans when he went to Roma. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's tough when you see that. It, you know, it, it, it reminds me of on a much bigger scale of when Stuart Holden was at Bolton and was on such a nice mm. tear in the Premier League, and then no uh, pun intended. Although that uh, was a broken leg, wasn't it? Uh, with the, with the displacement, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it O'Shea? Was it? It was Manchester. It was a center back from Manchester United. I just forgot who it was, or if it was Johnny Evans or something like that. But it, it, just a terrible tackle. And yeah, it was never the same. Nope. He's good on TV though. Or he's, he's getting better. <laughs> well, hopefully we get better at this whole podcasting thing. But uh, we uh, we are going to end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. Um, and we will be back with you. My guess would be sometime, you know, a week or two into the uh, transfer season so we can actually talk about the developments that have gone on, um, maybe some initial training reports uh, for the upcoming preseason. Uh, we'll get you uh, a little more lined up for the, the 2016-2017 Fantasy Premier League season. And for Andrew, I've been Mike, and please enjoy the rest of the Euros and also the Olympics if you care for that kind of stuff. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm terrible at ending this podcast. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.